We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast coming to you live Sunday, January 7th. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. I've got some dudes with me tonight. We got TP, Taylor Peterson. Nick's so embarrassed to be matching me. He changed his hat during the intro. Unbelievable. We got Nick Crane. Speaking of intros, that new one is dope. Wonder who did that. The I architect wonder. of the new intro. I got Justin Peabody. Hello, everybody. We are brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. If you have not yet, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you download your podcasts at. Drop a five-star rating. Write a little review if you would. That'd mean a ton to us. Shout out to everybody in the live stream tonight. Thank you guys so much for joining. Do us a huge favor. Click that like button. Help out the algorithm. Subscribe if you have not to the YouTube channel yet. The subs are through the freaking roof. We appreciate you all. Thank you so much. I also want to give a big shout out to the fans who filled out our survey last week. Way more people took time to fill that out than I thought. So shout out to you guys. Very much appreciative. We will send out some stickers to a few people who did fill that out. Once we get some new stickers in, Justin just placed an order for some dope new stickers. We will tweet those out sure when we get them. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. And of course, like we just mentioned, YouTube. Hit that like button as you join the stream. It just helps more people catch the show. Uh, helps us be more visible to other NBA fans. Would mean the world to us. Gentlemen, it feels like it's been forever since I've been on a podcast with all three of you. It's been a minute. The holidays. Man. Yeah. It's How long nice. has it been? We had our first group podcast post-holidays on Wednesday. When's our last Sunday show then? That's a great question. We didn't do one last week because it was New Year's Eve. I went solo. Yep. The Sunday before that was Christmas Eve. Yep. We didn't do one. This is it. So it's been three weeks. Wow. 
It's good to be back. Happy 2024, everybody. Wish we had a better week to talk about. No kidding. Bad week of Thunder basketball. It's an election year. I mean, just what the hell are we going to do with ourselves? <laughs> a lot of content. Let's talk about the week that was in Oklahoma City. Because it started off pretty damn good, Justin. This is true. A win against the Boston Celtics. I was in attendance at that game. Felt like a playoff game. Sounded like a playoff game on TV. The vibes were strong. Tons of Celtics fans in the arena. A lot of Celtics fans getting a, a little turnt in the arena, paying $8 a beer. <laughs> a lot of Celtics fans talking Boston a lot of trash in the arena. And then exiting the arena midway through the third quarter when the ass whooping began. Send him home sad. You had one right behind you, did you not, Jacob? I did. He Pretty incredible. He was obnoxious. Is that how much a beer is at Paycom? Is it eight bucks? Oh, I, I was sure. going to say, eight bucks sounds like a good deal, actually. That's insane to me. <laughs> That's a great That's deal. ridiculous. When the World Series there, World Series beers, which nothing special besides the fact that it was the World Series, for a draft. Anyone want to guess? Miller Lite. $17. I was going to say $14. $17. Oh, That's <laughs> insane. Yeah. That's not even worth it. I got I get pissed off when I have to pay five dollars for a Coke Zero there. <laughs> Coke would have been like yeah ten dollars. Do they have an all you can drink soda package at Paycom? Oh dude, no. Because okay. if they did, I would work that son of a bitch. At American Airlines in Dallas for Stars, and I, they may do Mavs games too. I'm not sure. I've, I've done it for Stars. Um, you buy this like cup. I haven't done this in a couple of years. Maybe they don't anymore. But you buy this cup. I think it's like nine dollars, and it's unlimited refills. That's nice. crazy. That's incredible. Yeah. That's a now, they do deal. have um, refillable popcorn, but mm. just for that visit. How do they I'm know? Cook, I'm cooking. Well, how are you going to bring the <laughs> popcorn and it back in? <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, don't mind me, ma'am. This is just my dirty. Would, would they take bucket. it from you? It's not metal. It's not dangerous. True. It could be your purse, Jacob. True. I'm, they don't let you bring in purses anymore either. Oh. Well, I'm trying to cook up. It's, it's too big for the the size of the purse they allow. So I have learned this. something this season. They allow you to bring in diaper bags full of everything. Done it twice. Now sneaking in the popcorn. Sneaking in the popcorn. Hey, if I can figure out a way to sneak my popcorn bucket in and out, it's over, Game bro. <laughs> by the end of Jake the season, I'll give you the diaper bag. By the end of the season, I'm going to be paying like ten cents per. Bucket of popcorn. I'm going to eat like, so much damn popcorn. Like hiding it in the ceiling tiles of the bathroom closest to your section. <laughs> Gross. That's amazing. I don't know. I got to figure something out. Sometimes there's people that just leave their popcorn bucket like laying there and leave in the third quarter. And I've questioned like... Free popcorn, baby. No. The, 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 how sanitary and ethical it is to take that no. popcorn bucket, dump it out, and go get free popcorn. No not, to both of those not questions. Not sanitary or ethical or... Any of the above. Ew. <laughs> oh my gosh. It That's reminds me of the Portlandia dumpster diving sketch. Yes. What you're giving off those yes. vibes right now, Jacob. Well, you know what? Public education doesn't pay very much, folks. I gotta make do where I can. Oh man. All right. You're not a teacher thunder, anymore, though. <laughs> I'm still in public ed. It still pays bad. <laughs> after the Thunder beat the Boston Celtics, they had a second night of a back-to-back, -back, also known as a Sega Baba. Shout out, JD. Went down to Atlanta. Got in at 4 a.m. Got their shit pushed in. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Like, it was bad. 
It was bad. They did make a push in the fourth quarter. Got a great look at the buzzer to force overtime. Missed it. Deserved to lose the game. Like, quite frankly. Came back two days later. So it was the third night, third game in four nights. About to say third night in four games. Third game in four nights. Went to a bad Brooklyn team and got down by 32. Yikes. Again, made a push. Got it to single digits in the final couple minutes of the game. I know we talk a lot about how they're they're the Goonies. They never say die. They never give up. They should probably start trying before the second half. That might also help the equation, right? Second half's being generous. Yeah, probably like fourth quarter. J-Dub has been incredible in fourth quarters. It's been great. It's the other quarters that have been bad. So my question for you guys, what do we take away from this week? Um, as good as this team is, they're going to have really rough patches, just like every team. Remember the Boston Celtics got beat by 50 by the Oklahoma City Thunder? Yep. Trade me in game. I'm sure, I'm certain, after seeing some stuff this last week, that their fan base was freaking out. I don't follow a lot of Celtics people. I'm sure they were freaking out. I guess well, what? judging by how bad they were freaking out after Tuesday, that's what I'm saying. Was it Monday or Tuesday? That's what I'm saying. Tuesday. I, I'm sure. I'm sure they freaked out. But a week later, you win another game. You win another two, three, four games. The weeks following, you kind of forget about that. And and that's my takeaway: is assuming this is just a little blurp in the road, and this doesn't end up being a loss to Washington <laughs> this week. That would maybe oh, sound the alarm the a bit more. What's in the road? Uh, I don't even know what I said. Uh, <laughs> A blurp in the road. road. A little blurp in the road. A speed bump, a dead deer, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Body. It's likely deer deer in the headlights. I can't believe I'm the one correcting you here. What kind of deer, Taylor? Bill Buck. Thank you. Oh, my God. Was it horrible? Yes. Was it everything the thunder is not? careless turnovers, not playing good defense, not giving it like all the things that embody like this thunder culture. The reason they've won more games than they should have the last, you know, 18 to 24 months, it was a complete opposite. And I don't anticipate that changes those cultural things, the effort, the stuff that they lean there, they hang their hat on before I start saying phrases that don't exist again. Um, (laughs) I think that's all it is, is just a, a two game stretch that, will be forgotten with a couple more wins. It needs to be something they learn from. And this was what JD and I talked a lot about after the the Nets game on our post-game show. These games are fine, provided they serve as a learning opportunity for this team, which I think they will. I think history has shown us this team adapts well. Look at the guys on this team. Like, look at Chet. His first matchup against Jokic compared to his second and his third. These guys are hungry to learn, and that's part of a young team's growth process. If they learn from these two games, they'll be just fine. They have an opportunity to do so tomorrow night against Washington, where if they come out sleepy, you can start sounding the the concern sirens uh, immediately. But I don't anticipate that. I think what this team has shown us, especially a couple days rest, they should come out looking for blood tomorrow night against Washington. And and that's what I expect. And that's what I hope 
to see out of this team because you've you've done it twice in a row now where you've come out sleepy and like you talked about Jacob you can't wait till the fourth order for fourth quarter to decide to turn things on and play if they do that against the wizards they will lose again but i don't ex- i don't expect to see that so they have to use these opportunities to learn that's what young teams have to do and and i think they'll come out ultimately better for it you can live with two mid january losses the thunder have not had many inexplicable losses to bad teams this season it's natural they happen at some point as long as they're happening in january and not in may you're fine with it hey, well between Taylor, let me follow up with this those two losses we've talked a lot about this month of january coming up 17 games in 30 days 11 on the road five back-to-backs with only two instances of having back-to-back off game off days this is at the very beginning of January. Does that give you any concern moving forward in the rest of this game-heavy, road-heavy month for this team? Do you think we're singing a different tune if these two losses came January 20th and 21st versus at the very beginning of what we're considering a tough stretch? Well, first of all, I was going to say uh, between Jacob and I both, the dogs are, bar- are barking, so hopefully that's the, uh, that's the case come tomorrow night with the thunder <laughs> the dogs will be barking we'll be back on track and not even worrying about this segment <laughs> um Boo. it's a good question i don't think i mean what i had down was that i think this thunder team is closer to that eight and one stretch prior to these past two games and they are this past two game stretch as you guys talked so much about second like i have back to back with the hawks got in late on a road trip fully expect this team to rebound no pun intended against the Wizards tomorrow night, but I don't necessarily think this is like a, a worrisome trend. Like, it, yes, we had a lot of home games in December, but we talked about them beating the Denver Nuggets. What was it? Was it the Nuggets twice, the Timberwolves once, and the Celtics once? I believe mm-hmm. in a two-week span. Even if some of those games were at home, like I, I don't. It, it, that's still an incredibly tough stretch, incredibly tough games for this Thunder team to to be playing and to be responding to, in a pretty short period of time. Right. And so I don't think moving forward in this tough stretch of January, that this should be like a trend that we're concerned about. I think it's more so just like that recent stretch that I just mentioned, kind of catching up to these guys when you're traveling to the East coast, different time frames, all the above, not, not your home, all the above. I, I don't think this is a concern moving forward. I fully expect this team to rebound uh, moving forward beginning tomorrow night. Yeah. For big picture perspective, we said entering the month that, the 17 game January schedule coming out of that 10 and seven would still have them in a really, 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 really good spot. They're one and two got to go nine and five the rest of the way, which is also very obtainable. Definitely. What, what changed between that Boston game and these two losses? Like what was working so well against Boston? And then what has gone so bad against Atlanta and Brooklyn? So what I have, go ahead, Justin. I I was going to say part of it, Nick alluded to earlier of it's all the things the Thunder were able to hang their hat on, right? It's the effort. It's doing the little things. It's moving the ball, getting the open shot, finding the best shot. It's communicating like nobody's business on defense. All those things that they've kind of been known for of like the team that does the little stuff to where they're not the most talented team. 
They're a very talented team. They are not the most talented. They are not the most athletic. They are not the smartest. But when you do a lot of little things well, you can be an extremely good basketball team without being the best at anything. And that's what the Thunder are and have been this season. Against Atlanta and Brooklyn, they did basically none of those. They were not hustling and over-communicating on defense. They were getting beaten on screens. They were not being aggressive at all on the boards. They were losing guys on defense. On offense, they were taking lazy shots. They were taking shots that you would expect. In that Atlanta game, you're exhausted. You just came off a big win. You got in at four in the morning. You're going to settle for a lot of threes. And a team that's been great at shooting the three ball this season shot the three ball very poorly. That's going to happen. To do it again against Brooklyn hurts a little bit more. They they didn't shoot horrendously, but they didn't take the quality of shots that they've done so much this season, where you're you're just so often left in awe watching this team on offense, watching them move the ball around and kick it five, six, seven times to find the right shot. That hasn't been happening the last couple of games. It's a lot more shorter possessions. It's a lot more one, two guys, ISO, take a three. It's not the same level of attention to detail that we've seen out of this Thunder team. I'm sure some of you guys might have more nuanced takes on it, but like at a high level, it's just, it's not doing the little things that they've done so well this season. You know what I was about to say, I think in terms of like the overall theme, um, and I kind of had the nuanced take of like the individual things I think all come up to just the tired legs we've talked so much about, right? I had rebounding, three-point shooting, free throw shooting, the pace and play just on and off ball. We've talked about how well this team is, the advantages kind of to your point, Justin, that they have in regards to some of their off ball movement, the guard slip screens that we've seen so much about recently, like some of those things we aren't seeing at the defensive rotations. All those were lagging, I think, during this two-game stretch. And I think that all comes down to tired legs, kind of to what you were getting to. And I have those stats. We don't have to get into them if you guys don't want to. I think the biggest one, though, there is the rebounding. They were out-rebounded 100-73 to these past two games. They were out-rebounded against the Celtics game, too, and they still won the game. But to Justin's point, they were doing all the other small things. You can overcome that when you're doing those other things that Justin talked about. Not when when you have tired legs, going through a brutal stretch, like, I think those are kind of some of the things. I think Jacob, you mentioned this earlier in the week. They're like those weaknesses are kind of starting to emerge again as this team is a little more fatigued. I, I think another piece that hadn't been talked about enough is the um, like opponent game planning side of things. We saw a stretch earlier this season where teams had noticed some things defensively they could do to slow down the Thunder, and it worked for a handful of games. Oklahoma City made the adjustments. It was in the rearview mirror. Seems like now teams have maybe figured something out offensively. You gotta think like every team across the league has tons and tons of personnel that all they do, like there's you think like scouts, they're doing draft scouting. There's also scouts that are at NBA games and watching NBA games and like seeing little things they can do to exploit opponents in the future. Maybe there's something small that teams have found off like these last two games. We talk about the turnovers and these other it's been defensive primarily like teams teams are having career, like most points in a half and most points in a quarter and best three. It's I'm not saying this is the case, but there's likely something that teams have found out that they're trying and it's worked and Mark and and staff will adjust and it'll be behind them. But like these things happen throughout the season where something that will work against you is exploited and teams attack it and then you fix it. And then that didn't work anymore. And And that may be a piece of this too. 100%. I've seen kind of three things. 
that I kind of pinpointed this past week. Two in the loss, one in the win. The things in the loss, uh, number one, has been mentioned here multiple times, but the rebounding. They started off the season horrific, rebounding the ball. That was all we talked about was the rebounding. And then that problem kind of solved itself. It's not like they were became an elite rebounding team, but it wasn't as big as a blemish. It wasn't as big as a deficit for them. It's reared its head again. And for me, this is a team of a bunch of guys who aren't high-level rebounders. This isn't your Steven Adams and his cancer teams of the past. They have to give much more of a concerted effort to rebounding. And when they don't, when you're not pushing for those rebounds super hard, this is a team that can get beat up on the glass. And I feel like they kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit. And it's human nature. It's really hard to keep your foot on the gas all the time. That was thing one in the loss. Thing two in the loss, and I don't have it pulled up here in front of me. I tweeted it out uh, at the conclusion of that Brooklyn game. The free throw disparity is massive. And I think that goes to a few things, especially the Atlanta and the Brooklyn game. I think they were tired and they were reaching more defensively, which leads to more fouls. Been kind of surprised that the amount of whistles the Thunder are getting or lack thereof hasn't climbed more. For the team that leads the league in paint touches, you would think they would get a ton more free throw attempts. They're just not. I think Shea's down like three attempts per game from last season, which is really big. I thought they'd get more free throws. They are not. And I have. Stat, oh, you have. I it? have that stat for you uh, because I used it when I was on the sports animal yesterday, and I gave you a shout out, Jacob. Humble oh, brag. I said from my good friend and podcast co-host Jacob Niffin, but over the last eleven games, you tweeted this out. 231 to 288 free throw attempts or free throw attempt disparity for the Thunder. 231 to 288. I think it comes out to almost like four or five a game. 21 points versus 26.2 average points per game. Uh, Discrepancy there. So if the Thunder are equal on the rebounds at the rate they shoot free throws, which is like best in the league, you're getting four more points a game. And that pushes you over the top in those last two. That's if you so, make them. This team's been really struggling from the line, too. That's another thing, though. Right. They, they're yeah. not getting as many opportunities. Their opponents are getting to the line more. And the Thunder aren't capitalizing. Shea, particularly, has struggled. The thing in the win that I noticed that I think is interesting, and I'm curious on your guys' thoughts on, is it replicable? I think Taylor and Nick had had a big back and forth about it online, maybe. Boston's goal defensively, 100% in that game, was make Josh Giddy beat you. They put Chris Stapps Porzingis on him. They wanted a wing who could get up under Chet, prevent him from those pick-and-pop threes, and make Giddy the open man and clog the paint on Shea. Giddy made him pay. Giddy had like 24 that night. He was splashing. Four of eight from three. Two straight games of being 50% from three. Actually, two straight games with four uh, made three-point attempts. Yeah, it was a great night for Giddy. Can that continue to happen? Like, is Giddy good enough to the point where teams eventually going to have to abandon the strategy because he's going to score 20-plus a night and really make them pay? Where's the give and take here? Like, I think that that's a 
to me, that's like a huge like stylistic question moving forward because putting the center on Giddy is something we have seen hell for over a month now. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to note that defensive strategy of let Josh Giddy beat you cannot work all game long. A couple of reasons. One, he's not in the game all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, two, the best shot makers, Shea Gildas Alexander being one of them, is going to get his shots straight up. I don't care. I don't care if you double him. They are doubling him a lot. Even if you're, if you go in and, and holistically your game plan is let Josh shoot as much as he wants, the reality is Shea's still going to get 20, 25 shots mm-hmm. every single time. Like, when's the last time you saw? a team game plan against Shane. He didn't get his shots. Yeah. I don't think, he doesn't I mean, shoot. It's even these last he doesn't two want games. To shoot. Yeah. yeah the, goal, doesn't want to shoot. the goal is to limit Shay's shots. I think also though is clog the paint to where his shots are yeah. Yeah. lower efficiency shots. But, but then to the second part of that is you just mentioned, I don't know if it was you, Taylor, Justin, someone mentioned like this thunder team is, is their offense is simple and it's take the best shot, move the ball. And when the best shot appears, you take it. And frankly, in that Celtics game, and even games in the past when Josh has gotten flamed on social media for missing some bunnies, like they're good shots mostly. And as much as people want to shit talk Josh Giddy, if you want to give him easy looks, and that's the best shot, I think this team's fine with it. Not for not the, not not at the scale of forty shots a game. But that's never going to happen. But if for a five minute stretch, if you want to let Josh take easy shots. I think that's okay. So as the Josh uh, Giddy hater on this podcast, as I've you become are. this season, I'm actually going to piggyback off what Nick is saying. It's not just Josh who's adjusting um, to how teams have been defending him. It's been Mark and the coaching staff as well. What I've noticed is, and what we've talked a little bit about here over the past week, I know we haven't been on a group podcast recently, but getting him an off-ball movement, uh, setting off-ball screens for him, getting him cutting and moving off-ball, even having him come up, as a screener in a, in a pick and roll action with other guards has been huge. I think adjusting into in, some of these ways that the uh, opposing teams are guarding Josh. I think that's really helped him kind of get more comfortable and then more uh, advantage. It puts him more in an advantage to create for teammates and also to get to his spots. So I think the coaching staff has a big uh, play in that as well. But I also agree. Like, I mean, teams are going to target that in a seven game series, right? In the playoffs. I, something that does need to be addressed for sure. A guy that's shooting 37% from three. Not that it's sustainable, but if it is, Look thanks. Out. Thanks. If it is, that'd be great. Yeah. Let's take our first break of the night. On the other side, we're going to play a new game that I've cooked up in the lab for you guys. We will be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are back. Gentlemen, in preparing for tonight's show, I was thinking, what's something kind of fresh we could do? And I had this idea. So self-admittedly, I am not like a huge Marvel fanboy. Okay? Just but not. You are, like, but you are a fan of cooking things in the lab. I'm still trying to figure out that analogy. Pre-break. Lot, lots of meth. Well, let's say, yeah. Yeah, I'm, so, thinking, I'm thinking about all the things you can cook in a lab. We got we got some Breaking Bad going on over here. <laughs> not a huge Marvel. Like I, Marvel's fine, just not like a one of these diehard guys. I haven't watched all the Marvel shows on Disney Plus, but I've been made aware that one of the shows on Disney Plus is like a what if series. We're like, what if this happened, or what if what this if Marvel? Guy, yeah. What if Captain America could always use Thor's hammer? Type of situation. So, I thought I would give you guys some what-if scenarios for the Thunder that may happen in the future that you need to respond to and tell us how the team would adjust. Sound good? Sounds great. I have one for each of you. Oh, boy. Who wants to go first? Oh, I thought you had it planned out. Like, I have one of these for each of you. Oh, no, they're not specified for each of you. (laughs) You guys have maybe seen them, but uh, who wants the first one? You know I'm bad with the rules, so give it to somebody else. <laughs> Justin, Justin you're smiling. Up, okay, fine. <laughs> give it to me. Yes, sir. Another. Justin, the first what if. Never mind. <laughs> Let's piggyback on a conversation we were just having. What if the Thunder get into the playoffs and Josh Giddy is largely ignored on offense, has a center on him, and is perpetually targeted defensively, and it is clearly the reason OKC loses their first-round series. What if that happens? Wow. Um, Thanks for the depression. I think that depending on the matchup, right, like depending on who you're playing, I think would would play a factor in in how I as a fan would feel about that outcome. Um, I think you have to make adjustments both to josh's game right like if you're a guy that they're going to treat that way you have to find ways to make them pay if you're ignoring a guy on offense you have to find some something you can do to make them pay for that we saw that with a guy like andre robertson right not an offensive threat but developed a pretty solid back cut before he got hurt and that allows uh, you to take advantage of of the other team, you know, totally ignoring you 
on the defensive side of the ball. If that happens, Josh has to find something. I don't know if it's a back cut for Josh. I don't think he's skying in for oops like Dre was, but something, right? He's 6'9". He can use some size. If Silva's here, he's probably playing the 6'9 things sounder at the moment. Uh, I'm playing it in my head. But, like, he has tools available that he should be able to exploit in a mismatch most of the time. Unless, the second part of your question, he has a center on him. So what do you what do you do with that, right? Like, I think there's opportunities there. Depending on who the center is, that's where the matchup comes into play. Like, depending on who that specific matchup is, there should be things that he could utilize. And that would be, in, if I were the coaching staff, that would be the number one focus into the summer. Like, okay, if the three-point shot is not going to be the reliable shot that you hope, which it could be still, but if it's not, what is it? What is the thing that he can bring to the table? On the defensive side of the ball, again, it's it's similar in that you don't have to be the best defender, but you have to communicate. You have to know how to rotate. You have to know how to work with the other four guys on the floor. And then also you just have to be like, okay with what that means in terms of like situational playing time. Like if you're going to get cooked defensively, you're probably going to be on the bench in any crucial defensive possessions, which means you're probably going to miss some crucial offensive possessions too, because you can't always just sub in and out offense for defense. So I think like there's some role adjustment that would have to happen on Josh's side. So maybe re expectation setting, but really it comes down to, you've got to figure out a way to make this guy be valuable on the court in that role, given the situation that he's put in. I don't think based off one playoff series, I don't know if this is what you were fishing for. I don't think it means pull the plug, send them elsewhere, find a trade, ship them off. Like, I don't think that's the outcome of a single playoff series loss. Yeah. I think it is a moment for reevaluation to figure out how to set this team up for success moving forward. Yeah. And I think too, um, I know this is a, a thought exercise, but, um, that would never be the sole reason the team would lose because he would not be playing in those final games. If it was very clear game one, two, three, that, that you was would hope, but I've watched Kendrick Perkins lose a team, a playoff series. So like Fair. the most important Fair, playoff playoff coach. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. that like, is key. You would hope. Not, and not to, not to divert us just like a real quick aside. I, th- I thought about this today when the uh, thunder trade discourse is happening on Twitter and I'm seeing a lot of the traits that fans want for this trade target. Um, it's like six, nine or taller. It's can, doesn't have to be a great three point shooter, but a, a clip that's respectable enough that people have to guard it and a good rebounder for his position and has, doesn't have to be a great passer, but a connector. And as I think about it, I'm like, Nick, can I guess maybe if, Maybe if they played Josh player? Giddy like a real four <laughs> and not as a one-two guard on the perimeter, and he he had a little more dog in him and went and got some some because re- he's a he's actually a good rebounder um, for his position and for how often that he's in the position to be getting a rebound. Um, I'm just wondering, like in that situation of the playoffs, like what if he's not what if he's not the lead guard that has the ball in his hands? Like what if they actually played him as a four? a connecting four that when he did have the ball at the high post or in the short corner, he could make things happen, but he wasn't bringing the ball. It, it, there's, there's a lot of things I think this team could, could do in this situation of um, center guarding him and, and it's not working. We talked about like the bad offensive process in that Nets game, Justin, one of the first plays of the game, 
was Shea with the ball on the right wing. Josh comes and sets a screen for him. Shea comes off the screen. Josh rolls to the basket, and Shea hits him with a little slip pass in between the two defenders that went for a layup. If you have Josh screen more and be like a short roll kind of guy, you want to talk about someone who could tear apart a defense. Yeah. His, his touch and like the the shorter part of the mid range, like like he he his little floater is is halfway respectable. He can what if he can finish what if strong. his offensive game eventually evolves into like people are gonna hate me for saying this name. <laughs> ben into Draymond Green. Oh. Draymond Green. You you flash him to the high post. It's not to your point, Nick. He can finish there in the mid-range, obviously, but also the playmaking, to Jacob's point. When you have so much off-ball movement like the Thunder do, those backdoor cutters, like the possibilities there are limitless. I think that's how you beat some of these defenses. But to Nick's other point, if you're in a seven-game playoff series or four-game, five-game playoff series, I mean, we've seen uh, early in the season, Dignall not closing with Josh Giddey. It could be that simple as well. And here's one for Jacob. Danny Avdia, we all love. Um, what if Nick's, Josh? Nick's what if, twin. What if Josh played that role that you Nick's, want him yeah. to come in and play? And, sure. and on the flip side, if you ask Denny to come in and play the, the Josh usage, role, play the Josh role. Yeah, he, that's he not would what, struggle. Exactly. I want Denny to come in and play the twenty minutes at the bench role. And maybe that's what Josh needs Fair. to. And that, that's and that's. I know we're rabbit hole now on Josh, but like, were they both pick number six? Mm-hmm. Was Denny six or seven? Was he six? I mean, it, it, that's a fair point. Like, okay, so Denny is better defensively, but he's not scoring as much for OKC. Maybe he's not even as good of a oh, three-point shooter. Nine. nine, okay. Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's all it's all role based, and I think a lot of people would look at Josh very differently if he was playing a bit of a different role. Justin, you kind of mentioned it. You don't. Going, if if Josh was the reason, like very clearly you could pinpoint Josh is the reason they lost this playoff series in six games in round one. Going into his fourth year, the summer of him being extension eligible, a lot of other decisions coming up. You're pretty adamant a move wouldn't happen? I don't think so. I, I don't, I don't know. Unless, again, context is everything. Depending on what the playoff series was, if it's the NBA finals, right? Like, let's get weird. If it if he's the reason they lose the NBA finals, that's a totally different decision than if he's the reason the two-seed Thunder lose to the seven-seed Rockets in four games in the Stop first Stop coming up with it. Right? I'm just like two extremes, right? Fanfic, two extremes. That's two fair. extremes. Both fit the description you just gave. I think you have two completely different reactions to those scenarios. But with those two extremes, my counter argument, or maybe not even a counter argument, but just like trying to think like Presti does, which I will never, never be able to do, very obviously. Um, but with either of those extremes, I don't think the goal in the offseason after losing either of the finals or a first round series against the Rockets would be okay, it's time to trade Josh Giddy. It's going to be to improve that spot, improve that roster. And if that opportunity came across and it involved trading Josh Giddy, then it would happen. But I don't think the the sole like goal there would be okay. It's time to trade Josh Giddy. It would be how do we upgrade, improve this roster? Is that in the draft? Is that looking for another player? What opportunities presents themselves? And if that involves Josh Giddy, then so be it. I like it. Uh, shout out to the people in the chat, by the way. You guys are 
killing it, cracking me up. Make sure to drop uh, drop the like on the YouTube video. That way, the algorithm takes off. So uh, Sam Humphreys of uh, of the Sports Animal just mentioned Nick just described marketing. OKC can't keep getting out rebounded, and when the playoffs. Feels like a good transition to one of the points I think that you have here, Jacob. Let's go to the next what if. And we'll give, since Taylor brought it up, we'll give this one to Taylor. Taylor, what if Sam Presti does decide to make the all in trade for Markinen at this trade deadline, which is most people who listen to this podcast in podcast form on Monday, which would be one month one away month. to the day yep. from the NBA trade deadline? What happens if deadline day comes, Taylor, and we get the Woj bomb? The Utah Jazz are trading Laurie Markkinen to Oklahoma City. What does that mean? What if that happens? What follows? So, one, uh, this thunders, this current iteration of the Thunder, their ceiling raises pretty significantly, I would say. Um, two, the expectations raised with this team as well, way too soon, in my opinion. Um, and I think it would be... It addresses a lot of needs for this current iteration of the Thunder team. Like I mean, it, I mean all that comes down to like the current iteration of this Thunder team. But we're just not just talking about the current iteration of this Thunder team. We're talking about long term. I understand that like Shea could get upset long term and maybe want to go home to Toronto or maybe J Dub feels like he's not, you know, he can be the man. He wants to go somewhere else. Like none of that we can predict. I totally understand that. We've been through the J the almost said the JD. <laughs> Shout out Silva. The KD Harden um Russ era, right? I totally understand that. At the same time, I think it's a little short-sighted because I want the J Dubs, I want the Chets. And even SGA, as good as he already is, to get those playoff reps. And I'm a little worried that adding a player like Laurie would take away from that in the, the, the short term. They wouldn't quite reach that the ultimate goal of an NBA championship in the short term. And then it hurts the team in the long term because those guys, it, it, it doesn't click. Those guys aren't getting the reps. People are upset about not getting you know featured more in the offense, etc. So... That would be my initial reaction that I think I would have if we did a post-game podcast, emergency podcast, Thunder have traded for Laurie Markkinen. Okay, we have all these other picks to be able to, you know, kind of rebound from that, whatever it may be, but I'm just still not convinced that now is the time to make that sort of trade. Left everybody um, speechless. You said a lot. I'm trying to find something that wouldn't already said in that, in that whirlwind. <laughs> um, my, my big thing with that one, if a Larry Markin trade came across, my first reaction is, holy shit. He, he pulled the trigger. <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah. And after it settles in, I think, and I've said this on this podcast before, Laurie's like 27. He wants to come in and get his shots and have his role now. How far back does that push Chet and Jada? Because if my options this season are have Laurie Markkinen take 14 to 15 shots per game in the playoff and be efficient, but those shots are coming at the detriment of Chet and Jada, <clears throat> or lose in the first round of five games, but Chet and Jada get all those reps, I'm taking the latter and it's not a question. I think it is a lot easier to get a fringe guy, a small role guy, and ask them to ratchet up their volume a little bit 
than to get somebody who is out of Pandora's box, like Lori Markkinen, and push them back in. If you're trading for Cavs Markkinen or sure. Bulls Markkinen, sure. it's a different question. Sure. But he's been, he's out. Now to bring him in and say, oh, hey, we traded for you, but we want your role to be 75% of what it has been. Fourth I think man. That, right. I think that's so much more difficult. And he wasn't great. I mean, obviously he's a better player now, but he wasn't great in that complimentary role. Yeah, agree. Frankly. I, th- I think that's that's where the question goes for me is if this happens, I think one, like you said, Jacob, like, wow, this says a lot about <clears throat> where the Thunder feel they are and where Sam Presti feels the team is. Like, it, it declares a lot of things making this move. What I would hope is that, you know, Presti feels confident about what Markinen would bring to this team in terms of role, in terms of fit, all those types of intangibles. Like maybe Markinen doesn't want to be the dude. I, I have wants, nothing. He, I have nothing. Wants to, a max contract needs to be that dude. Yeah, for sure. But like, maybe he'd rather be an option on the Thunder than the dude on the Jazz. Sure. Or the dude on insert <clears throat> blank for a non-contending team. Like yeah. maybe that he's okay taking a sacrifice in role in order to win a championship. I, I don't know that. Nobody knows that. Lori Markinen might not even know that. But if that's the case, then like, yeah, I think I think you feel you feel really good about that option. Uh, to your point, how's it looked previously? Not great, but like do we think the Cavs and Bulls are the best comparisons <laughs> for the Thunder team? They didn't necessarily develop him. I like, yeah, he had a lesser role on those teams, but I think he'd look very different on the Thunder than he did on those two teams. He's not going to look like Jazz Markinen on the Thunder, but I don't think he looks like Cavs or Bulls Markinen either. But yeah. the other side of that is it's not just Markinen, it's the Utah Jazz and Danny Ainge. <laughs> and you have to think about that yeah. as well. Just because opposing GMs are you know, reaching out to the Jake Fishers of the world. Shout out Jake Fisher, nothing against them, but like saying that, well, maybe Markinen's available because the Jazz haven't been as good as they thought they were going to be this season. That does not mean that he's available. Maybe that's why I've come back as they've well. They've been balling, dude. Uh, hey, I hope they don't trade Laurie Markinen. That way the Thunder get that pick. Right. <laughs> True. My, my only concern is um, this, this false sense that the Thunder's window is right now because they have two cheap star level guys and Chet and J-Dub. Um, that becomes a reality if you trade for Larry Markkinen because then you have Shea and Larry on max contracts very, very soon because he is due for a contract and he does want a max contract. Um, then you got J-Dub and Chet who are going to want those rookie max deals and are probably very deserving of such. Um, so right now the window talk is, I think synthetic you trade for Laurie, that window talk is real you 100%. you damn sure better take a real shot at that championship yep, yep. That's, that's what i mean that's what i meant when like if this trade happens right you're declaring something yep. and i think you 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 said it perfectly nick you are saying we're gunning for a championship right now justin let me ask you something let's fast forward 12 years you th- I was going to say, do you think we're still podcasting in 12 years? That's not my question for you. <laughs> we might be dead. <laughs> we might all be dead. Like this specific episode? Yeah, it's just a perpetual episode. We never <laughs> let go. 12 years from now. Yes. 
Who's had the better NBA career, Laurie Markkinen or Jalen J Dub Williams? Uh, J Dub's already off to a, he has a a large head start currently, and I think that that helps his case quite a bit. So you're saying J Dub? Yes. Okay, I like it. Speaking of, let's go on to our third and final what if for our man Nick Crane. Mm. Nick, what if? In 18 months, which would be July of 2025, J-Dub decides he wants to be the man and wants his own team very much in a, a flashback to the James Harden situation in Oklahoma City. If 18 months from now, J-Dub approaches the Thunder front office and says, I think I'm good enough to run my own team. I'm tired of being third fiddle in Oklahoma City. I want to trade. What happens? What if? Um, well, to clarify, that wasn't exactly James Harden's situation. Um, you're, you're saying just more like a guy's good enough to potentially break out as, as the number one on the different team. And, and doesn't want a I, reduced role here. I think um, we all assume that SGA and Chet are going to be like, the options one and two on this team yeah. Yeah. in 18 months. Having J-Dub is incredible, but what if J-Dub has the thought, I can go and run my own team. I'm tired of being third fiddle. I want to go be a heliocentric player. Um, I think for starters, there's a reason that you like rookie scale deals because you kind of have a lot of the power in this whole equation. Um, I think... Oklahoma City's better set up today than they were in the Harden situation in the sense that at least it feels like there's there's a much more clear-cut um, value prop for a young emerging star. Like, in return, you get lots of picks and players that can produce now and a guy that probably has the same amount of upside as J-Dub but hasn't proven he's that guy yet. And so you get some hope back. You're not getting no offense to the the trade package for James Harden but but you're you're probably <laughs> getting something a heck of a lot better um I, I think that I I would be shocked if that conversation happened for a guy to be what would he be fourth year in the league at that point and saying I'm ready to be that guy just seems pretty damn outlandish um I don't know I shock like what if I'd be shocked um but I do think that if that did happen, you probably get some pretty damn good value back for him. I think it's not only future picks, which Oklahoma City probably doesn't need at that point anyways, but you're also getting back some good value. Like, There's probably a team out there that has, I'm trying to think of an example today, like a um, the Hawks. You're saying, okay, give me Trey Young. Like, If you're ready to rebuild and you want this young guy, give me Trey Young. So, like, I, I, think you, I think you get back really good value for Jada, obviously. I was even follow- thinking about OG, right? Like he's got trades on expiring. They got win now play or quote unquote young win now players to build around Scotty uh, being the Toronto Raptors. Like maybe you get a package of those kind of players plus the picks. Yeah. It still scares the shit of me because he's on the expiring contract and you could, he could walk for nothing. And then you traded dub for a bunch of random a rental. Yeah. No, I'm not saying OG. So I meant the, the opposite. Like imagine OG last season, you get those kind of win now players oh. plus like three first round picks or whatever it was rumored. Um, maybe that is the package you're looking at. Yeah. Nick, let me let me follow up on your answer. 
if that was the case in 18 months in our hypothetical what if do you think the thunder are just going to move him no that's not, that was my first comment with the leverage like, oh, I, okay. I don't think i don't think a guy in that situation has the power to say move me have yeah. we ever seen that before in history i don't think we have not successfully no Kaminga might have got a starting role out of it, but I'm not saying like there's like a you better move me or I'm sitting like he comes and says, Hey, I I don't want to be here anymore. Can we work something out? Type of type of situation. But you don't think with with the Thunder having restricted free agent rights, being able to match anything, you think they just say, Hey, you're you're in Oklahoma City, buddy. I think I think better learn Oklahoma City, buddy. I think that's the (laughs) conversation. I think the conversation is you're in Oklahoma City, buddy, for now. We can start looking. We can start looking at options. You're going to sign your rookie max extension here. You're sticking around for now. We can start looking at options, but no, it's not going to be a, it's not going to be like I'm sitting out or yeah, I'm not playing another game in a third right. uniform. Like it's, it doesn't it, have it, that it, kind of leverage. No, mm-hmm. you, you don't have that. Like, you don't have that leverage when you're that tenured of a player. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing you, you touched on it, Nick, of like the, the thunder are in a very different place than they were in the 1.0 iteration with Harden in terms of future assets. And they're not and, also playing and, him off the bench. Yeah, well, right. He's also not coming off the bench behind Tabo Cephalosha. But the the position the Thunder put themselves in is could not be more different. And I think it's kind of interesting as, since we're playing a what-if game of like, I wonder how much of this is a reaction from Presti of that first iteration and trying to better set this team up for sustained success. I'm not an NFL guy. I don't really watch the NFL, but one of the big differences that you see with team construction in the NFL is a lot more reliance on those talented rookie scale guys. If you rotate in those young, talented players to your point, Nick, you have all the leverage, then you're okay when, they need to move on for a second contract. Like you see, it's such a difference compared to the NBA, which is so star centric. It feels like every team for the last 15 years has just been chasing the biggest names they can find to try to build a a super team Mm -hmm. like LeBron did in Miami. But what you see in the NFL is get a star or two and then bring in a churn of rookie scale, talented support pieces the Thunder are equipped to do exactly that. <clears throat> I'm not saying right now whether J-Dub is star that you build around or young, talented core that you rotate in and out. But if one of those pieces ends up being one of those, you have the ability to continue to draft well, to continue to bring complementary pieces in. If you lock down, let's say, for example, purposes, it's Shea and Chet. Those are the guys that you're you're hitching your wagon to. J-Dub moves on when he's done. You draft somebody else, bring them in. You Usman Jang, you know, is finally 22 years old in six years or something like that. <laughs> and he's a, he's a valuable piece. Like, you continue to draft and find these pieces and bring them in. I think it's, an, it's a different strategy than what we saw the Thunder have before that they're kind of uniquely suited for. I, again, not saying who's who and what pieces come in and out, but just thinking through like what the possibilities are. Everybody's asking the question now of like, how are the Thunder going to pay all these guys? Like they're not, but they're suited to not yeah. and yeah. to continue to refresh. They're also team. saving too right now, potentially. Yeah, that too. Right. 
Just now, kind of to piggyback on that point, for how many years now we've had the what are the Thunder going to do with all the picks conversation? Right. Yeah, right? yeah, we've beat that conversation to freaking death. There's are they going to trade them all for a star? Are they going to um, trade them to fill in roster holes? Are they going to trade five picks to move up one year to get to number one? One thing that I don't think we've discussed enough that I think the evidence is pointing us to past couple of picks trades they've made. Last summer, they traded a future pick uh, that comes up in 2024 to Denver for a pick in 2029. With the Clippers-James Harden trade, they traded a pick that's coming up soon to get a pick in like 2030. I don't, I wonder, like, are we not going to see the, hey, the Thunder are trading four first to move from pick 15 to pick two. Are we going to see the Thunder keep kicking the can down the road to have two first round picks in the next 15 drafts? Until or, that next opportunity pre- presents itself to move up. I think that's, yeah, no, or, or move up or trade that, that player. It's just kind of what Denver's doing with, right. we're just going to keep cycling another high quality first round pick in here that can contribute right away and can play. And then in four, in four years, we do it again and again and again and again. That's right. a great comparison. It's not, it's it's not great, holding yeah. on until you trade up. Maybe they don't give a shit about trading up. Maybe they just want to have two picks Infinite in draft for the next eternity. Right. And you just keep, and, and that's kind of the winning formula for a small market like OKC. Mm-hmm. Only thing I want to, I know we need to move on. But simply, I think the personalities of Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden are very different. And, and maybe this is extremely na- naive of me. I get it. It's the NBA. Anything can happen. RJ Barrett's on the, the Raptors. Him and Shea are close. Maybe he's able to convince Shea to you know request a trade to Toronto here in four, three, four seasons, whatever it may be. But I think those three personalities. Start, yeah. <laughs> think those three personalities are very different from the players that we're talking about in this iteration of the Thunder team. I'd be very surprised to see this happen in general. So the other, like the, I guess the last thing I'd say, the, the flip side of the trades we've talked about, if, if Dub asked out, um, what if it's, what if it's actually a, a catalyzing trade? It's not like a give us all the picks and young players and filler. It's like, okay, we're trading J-Dub and four first rounders for super, super, superstar that's on the market right now. That's kind of what my thought was. If if you have to trade J-Dub in 18 months, go get the guy that helps you win the title the next year. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. It doesn't have to be a step back. It could actually be, damn, we really like this guy. Wanted to be part of the core for a long time. But if he does one out, this is our golden ticket to, I don't know who's, who's a 26 year old star now. (laughs) Anthony Edwards, like, you know, something like that. Something, something Devin Booker finally says, I want to like, okay. Here's here's J Dub. Here's J Dub and three first round picks. <laughs> Sons, you finally have some draft capital. You got a guy to build around now. He wants to be the number one guy. Hope it doesn't He's from Phoenix. Cool. Yeah, it's time capsule this pod. I don't like this conversation, <laughs> but it does kind of make a lot no, of sense. I don't I I think I'd 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 love to keep J Dub and OKC. I, I think J Dub's a freaking He's dog. Awesome. Could be absolute dog. All right, let's take our next break. Well, actually, let's not take our next break of the night. First, Justin, let's do some predictions. Oh, buddy. Our weekly predictions. 
we have a little bit of a, a, a tightening in the standings, not a shakeup up top, but our updated standings, oh. as you see now on screen for those in the stream, Taylor staying on top with 19 points. Barely. Nick in second with 18, Jacob with 17, Silva with 16, and myself with 11. What happened last week, you might ask? We were all terrible, much <laughs> like the Thunder overall. Um, I got my, the stat for you, Tate, or for uh, Justin. Yes. Five of us <laughs> predicting three games. That's yeah. 15 total. Uh-huh. We got two right. Yikes. Oof. We went yeah. two and 13 last week, boys. Two and 13. None of us got our money ball for the first time all season, which means we all We're like a points. funny ball. I don't like that. We, which means we all, we all lost points last week as a result. So that's what you get here. Um, next week, four games on the docket. So we have some uh, new predictions to make, don't we, Jacob? First game on the docket, Monday night at the Washington Wizards in D.C. on January 8th. They were just two days late. What is your guys' prediction against the Washington Wizards, who have won six games all season? I don't have the standings pulled up. I believe they're at six games. Uh, Nick mentioned, I think it was pre-pod, Nick mentioned that Jordan Poole has the worst plus-minus of any basketball player on planet Earth. Um, <laughs> pretty bad. Taylor, what happens in D.C.? So after going 0-3 last week, I'm a little nervous, but I am very confident after this recent two-game stretch that this Thunder team will rebound. And uh, I had the Wizards with a win. It's also my money ball for the week. Nick? Might surprise you. Um, for the first time ever, I'm rolling out a week full of W's, not a single loss. Ooh, I like it. Way to spoil the rest of the segment, Nick. <laughs> Jesus. I, I thought about that. Nick, <laughs> but I, I didn't want to be the optimist. I, I just I had to get it out because that's, that's just not me. That's I like fair. it. That's fair. I also have this as a win and my money ball as well. This could be another one. I think two weeks ago, every single one of us had the, the December 31st game against the Nets as our money ball. Uh, this could be similar with that Wizards game. Nick, this wasn't your money ball tonight, uh, tomorrow night? It was. Okay. So all three of you have win and the money ball. I am taking the win as well. Not my money ball, though. And JD also took it as his money ball win. The Thunder then on Wednesday night traveled down to South Beach to play the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler's been in and out of the lineup. The Heat are, I should probably pull up standings. That might be a good plan for this segment. I don't know. Maybe talking about basketball teams, it'd be nice to know like how many games they've won. <laughs> the Miami Heat are currently 20 and 15, uh, tied for seventh in the Eastern Conference with the Indiana Pacers. Justin, what happens in South Beach on Wednesday? This one, I think, is the most likely loss of the week, but I'm still giving it a W on my end as well. I think, again, coming off the week they've just had, I think the Thunder are going to look rejuvenated. And as much as I think they're going to come out for blood against Washington, I think it's going to be even more so against the Heat. This team loves to play with a chip on their shoulder, and I hope after the Hawks and Nets games they have that chip, and you're going to need it to go up against Jimmy Butler and the Heat. Nick? Already said W for Miami. Yeah. I think he just doesn't want to talk right now. 
Taylor, what happens in South Beach? I think it's an L because it's on the the back end of a road trip. So I'm going with the loss. Chess, I need to make Bam look like a little boy. I love it, Connor. Say it, Nick. Say, say it. Say it, Nick. Say it, Nick. Say the line. You've adopted it now. You've said it a hundred times more than I have. You say it, know, but it's your line. I don't even know how to say it anymore. I did it once. <laughs> say it. I don't have it. I don't have oh, it. Boy. Anyway. Oh, oh my this boo. guy. Boo. Everyone in the comments, boo this man. <laughs> you do JD, it. JD. JD took the W on Wednesday night versus the Heat. I will also take the win. Then they fly home for a Sega Baba back in OKC against the Portland Trailblazers. Nick has the W because he doesn't want to talk in this segment. He won't even say the damn line. <laughs> Taylor, what happens when, uh, Thursday night in Oklahoma City? I think if the Thunder get an L, like I predict, against the Heat, that they will end up getting the W against the Blazers. Blazers aren't good. They'll be back home, too. So, Justin, what do you got? You know, Taylor, they always say the first home game after a road trip is really like the last game of the road trip. But regardless, the Thunder are going to get a win. Uh, Shout out Scoot. He's been hooping lately, but uh, not going to be enough. JD also has the win on Thursday night. I am taking my Thunder Moneyball, baby, Wednesday night against, sorry, Thursday night against the Portland Trailblazers as the Thunder return home. Last game of the week, Saturday, in our first match, it's at home, our first matchup, of Chet versus Paulo. This is the Orlando. one. This is the one I almost, almost gave an L. More, more, more uh, nervous about that game than Miami in terms of my my week going sideways with the wins and losses. I agree with you, Nick. I think I'm really excited to watch this game just as from a fan perspective. I think it's going to be super fun. The the Magic have been great. Uh, I think see, seeing these two teams, hopefully at full strength, go against each other. Like I, it should be a blast. Should should be. Is it on national TV? It's not. It should be. It should be. Is it not? One of them is. I think it is. It is. Oh, yeah. I think it's there one you of the go. TV put, ones. put me down for a win on this one as well on national TV. We'll just go ahead and manifest that that uh, I, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. No, it's not actually. Mm. I was one trying the, to look it up. Magic yeah, games is. I swear to God, it was Taylor. What do you got Saturday night? I also have the W to what both Nick and Justin said. Uh, this is the one I'm most excited about. I think the Paycom will be rocking again. There's again, they're back home. They have a night off in between, back in their own beds. I think we see a rejuvenated Thunder team, and uh, I, I think they'll pull it off. Yeah, it's the second Orlando game on TNT. Mm. That'll That's be uh, a like, date. Is that Nick? Do you have that? Oh, no, it's sorry. okay. Never it's mind. On, sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, it's the day before Valentine's. Okay. <clears throat> um, coming up. Yeah, very soon. Uh, here's my money ball. Somebody on Twitter that thinks they're a smart guy <laughs> will have. You haven't, some... narrowed, you haven't narrowed Twitter down so far, Nick. <laughs> we'll have a genius tweet about how. That's just an opportunity for Sam Presti to talk trades for Wendell Carter Jr. Because the Magic and Thunder are playing each other and their GMs are going to be talking. And, oh, my gosh, it's going to happen. Just wait for it. I just can't wait for that to be the discourse. It's going to be Taylor. 
Taylor's going to be the one to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. L. Taylor. JD took the L <laughs> Saturday night. I'm with Nick, baby. I'm going a full week of W's. All that the W's. It's going to be a blast. Mark I get down. paid as the octopus of this podcast, but man. Here's my money ball, Nick. Saturday night, the Thunder have started to match minutes for certain guys. Like, every time Steph would check into a game this year, Dort would also go to the scores table. Put that down Saturday night for Dort and Paulo. Mm. I think they're going to have Dort guard Paulo Bancaro the entire night. I think that we're going to see a lot of uh, J-Dub on Paulo. I agree. That was my thought, yeah. And I also, for the record, think that Paulo is the kind of guy that can exploit Chet's lack of physicality. He that, That's just what he does. He's bully ball, man. Yeah, Chet will get him have, a few times, but... I think they're going to have Chet on Goga most of the night. Goga's mm-hmm. starting for them now. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the high school teammates of Chet and Jalen Suggs getting back together and playing their Jaylen's first pro been, game. Uh, Suggs has been awesome. I can't say Jalen because there's so many Jalens. Defensively, <laughs> Suggs has been great. He's also made the most threes awesome. on the team. Yeah, he's going to match up against Shea. I hope Shea gives him the freaking business. It's going to be a fun matchup. Give me the dub. Saturday night in Paycom, the fans get a chance to uh, pregame a little bit before they, they head to the arena. Someone in the chat just said that it's unlimited refills on a $9 soda at Paycom. I was not aware of this. Look out. Jacob's getting turned on Coke Zero. I'm paying a dollar a glass, baby. I'm getting what, nine. But, but what nine. if you what if Panera, you could, what if you could sneak that cup in? Oh, sticking it down my pants. <laughs> oh my They're not going to tap me down, baby. <laughs> Panera lemonade has nothing on Jacob's uh, nine dollar oh refill. Oh nine Coke Zeros deep. It's going to be the fourth quarter, and you're going to see somebody getting carried out on a stretcher in the 300 section. Jacob's going to have guy. a a camelback taped to his body under his <laughs> shirt. Zero. He's just going to get a refill refill and it. Pour it into the camelback. So if you see it, <laughs> hand it back to him. And just, the... I just stay in the line. I watch <laughs> the game on the little TV in the foyer. <laughs> see a guy in the top row of Loud City <clears throat> sipping Coke Zero through a camelback straw. You'll know it's Jacob. All right. Do they, have, do they have deliveries yet in Paycom? They do not. No. You can order food, but it doesn't okay. get delivered to you. Okay. Soon. That'd be dope. Imagine that. Uh, okay, so Brooks's favorite thing in the two games he's been at. Box of Empire Slice. <laughs> Brooks's favorite thing uh, that he, uh, the two games he's been at is the giant uh, balloon hmm. dr- drone that the Thunder. Ha- Imagine that thing yes. bringing you food, dropping it down. Now we're talking. Bringing Jacob some Coke Zero. I love it. Let's take a break. On the other side, we will do a quick round of around the association before we get out of here. We'll be right back. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. And we are back. <laughs> JD isn't on the show tonight, but JD, here's where you would play the Around the Association sounder. But, but, hey, don't kidding, do it. Kidding, kidding, kidding. So, thank you, JD. Appreciate that. Uh, and our feedback form that we sent out to the fans, somebody said that we should do some updates periodically on our bets. And I thought that was a wonderful idea. So that is what we are doing for Around the Association. We're going to look at our league-wide bets and talk about how we feel about those bets. Now about 35 36-ish games into the season. The first bet that we had that was league-wide, JD said that a major publication will rank Porzingis over Jalen Brown in their, like, top 100 players in the NBA. How do you guys think this one's going so far? Very well. Yeah. I think. Porzingis is freaking good. He's been great. He's an. I was a proponent of the Thunder trying to trade for him. Yeah, remember when it was the, the 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 talk of the town was Kimba Walker flipping him for Porzingis and Dallas, and it was going to be Kimba and Luca, and never worked out. But people hated that idea, and now yeah, I wanted like, them to go shit, get him from Washington Porzingis last year would instead have been of I don't know yeah. he would cost that much, but yeah, Chet and Porzingis would be freaking disgusting. Mm-hmm. It would be so good. Yeah, I think this one's aging well so far. I think so. Agreed. Yeah. All right, next one. We had another bet. This one was from Kamiar that said Paul George will be fully healthy and the Clippers will be rolling come playoff time. Mm. Not looking bad, not looking too bad right now. They're, yeah, the fact that he's healthy up. now makes me think this will not come true. <laughs> like, I true. Think, I think Paul George has a maximum number of games, and unfortunately, he might use them all up before playoff time. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I agree. It looks good now. Uh, I'm still skeptical, but we are like over a fourth into the season, and definitely looks looks good, especially with some of the depth that I think the Clippers have found now in trading for James Harden. Next one, uh, this was a Nick bet. Either Zion or Ben Simmons will make All NBA this season. The second half of this bet was insane, Nick. <laughs> I thought it was insane on the night you made it. Uh, the first half sounds good. Like Zion, could, yeah, he, he could make all NBA. Ben Simmons, not so much. Well, I didn't do it for Ben Simmons. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but still, that was a crazy name to pull. Um, I, I think it was actually, I think the bet started off pretty simple and then it like went down a rabbit hole and then we ended up like making that it feels this, right. this or that bet wasn't spicy enough so you, yeah. you threw in ben simmons that sounds right something. um and it's an or not an and by the way one of those two right um i oh i guess i'll answer this one it was mine um 
I don't feel as good as I did to start the season. I don't feel bad about it though. Like I, no. I don't. Th- as much as Zion gets trolled on social media, I don't think anyone can make a case that he's not a top thirty player this year. Yeah. If you're top thirty and it's fifteen spots, yep. He may not be trending that direction, but with the strong close to the season, Pelicans are still over half the standings. Yeah, there's left. it's 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 still an open door. Ben Simmons, not so much. You never know, ma'am. There's still half a season left. He's already. I don't think. I think he's already botched the 65 game sample size that you have to have. I don't know if he's going to play basketball again. <laughs> <laughs> Bigger here's concern. A, here's a Justin bet that's going to take a little bit of research, Justin, because I don't have the name. Oh, I have it. Don't you worry. Oh, look at Justin. Justin said none of the preseason top five MVP candidates will win the MVP. Those top five candidates were. I've got them pulled up too. Jokic. Giannis, Luca, Tatum, and Embiid. Mm. Say it one more time. Jokic, yeah, Jokic, Jokic, Giannis, Luca, Tatum, and Embiid. Who would you put it as your top five now? Shay, 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 Shay for Tatum. Shay. I think this is my dream scenario, and why I wanted to revisit this bet is: Can you imagine when I win this bet, and it's because Shay wins MVP? going to be the best bet payoff in uncontested history might be that is there do you know what the payoff was for this one because i do not i i have the one written down that i put in my proposal i don't remember if that's what we landed on for this one but it was to recreate jimmy butler's media day photo is what i think I, i'm pretty sure we did i think who, silva who took, took you up that? on that I, I think, think it was. was so, I think it was. So I'm, I'm pulling it up now. We will have an answer. <laughs> so, so essentially, like barring that, that, that is that is the payout. Barring yes. somebody going nuclear, the second half of the season, if Shea doesn't win MVP, basically you're recreating that photo. Probably, probably. yes. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Well, probably. I can't yes. wait to see my chemical Justin. <laughs> it's gonna I mean, be Shea. He already, he already I, has the uh, the, yeah, the piercing, the ear pierced. Oh my today, god! So. There's no ear piercing. <laughs> I'll start lies. The last uh, one was a bet that I made that said Memphis is either a play-in team or misses the playoffs altogether. Looking fantastic. I'm feeling pretty damn good about this looking one, boys. And they are playing better. They are obviously. playing a lot better. They are up to 13th. They're 13 and 23. Six of their last four. They are currently four and a half games out of the 10th spot, which How many? would be four and a half. Oh. Which would catch them up to Golden State. They are currently behind the Utah Jazz and the Los Angeles Lakers, who are at 12 and 11. I'm not counting them out. I am not either. I think uh, there's, sure I think there's, in a order for them to jump and get past play-in and i said play-in or out of the playoffs mm-hmm. in order for them to get the six so uh six places dallas at 22 and 15 no memphis is at 13 and 23 so i'm feeling good that agreed. i'm gonna win this one wait agreed i thought the bet was they won't make play-in or no they'll be either a play-in or not make the playoffs. Or play-in or worse i said they yeah. will be playing or worse oh then yeah that's a great bet i thought i yeah. thought it was they will i think they still have a chance to make to make oh, playoffs yes they're competing. Meth jokes about me. They struggle. Wait, so so if they if they make the play and actually advance, do you lose? No, they have to be top six. We we very clearly okay. define this. So that's that's show. like. So how many games under five hundred are they right now? How many games under five hundred? Ten, thirteen, and twenty three. 
they would basically have, I mean, they'd probably have to be at least five to 10 games over 500. You're talking going. They've played 36 games. So they have how many left? 42? No. Nope. I'm horrible. How many many games have they played? How many games have they played? Like 48. There's like 48 games left. Yeah. 46? They're the guy that made the I was told there'd be no math sounder. They need to go. Yeah, how many games under 500 are they? He said 10. 10. 13 and 23. They probably need to go like 40 and. I mean, I'm sorry. uh, 35 and 11 or something. That's not happening. The bet payoff on this one is great, by the way. Um, anyone know who took me up on this bet? Probably me. I don't remember. I don't it remember starts with either. K and ends with Lur. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> We're breaking up. Uh, time to end the podcast. There, there's, two op- difficulties. there's two options on this PDF <laughs> of payout. I came up with both of them. The first one was Memphis-themed, and it was a good barbecue dinner. Mm. I like that one. The second one was jaw themed, and you have to flash a gun on social media. <laughs> oh my! I don't think that one's gonna happen. I'd like to. Ah. I'd like to combine the two. You have to flash a gun at a barbecue dinner. <laughs> I'm at band on social media. Just I, think, I think we should add Free to the barbecue, barbecue dinner since since Avatar is getting more popular as the live action comes out in February. Taylor's got to Taylor's got to go. I guess or Jacob has to go to the barbecue joint with the uh, arrow. <laughs> with blue sharpie on their head wow there is no renegotiating bets that are set in place <laughs> i can't wait to be eating a nice i think that's why i took it and i was like bread yeah while taylor is getting fired from his job because he's on instagram live waving around a gun <laughs> with the guac dude barbecue is not cheap either <laughs> jacob might run up a bill on you taylor hey yes he will we be might have to all around some terry black's yeah, Ooh, get you a beef rib. Terry Black, have Nick so and Justin good. meet us down there. Hey, I've got a, a, a top too. five barbecue restaurants in OKC of 2023 list. So, is it your Ooh. list or somebody no, else's no, 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 list? No, no, sorry, I just yeah, it's like a what is google's what is the cheapest barbecue restaurant okay see that's Dick, my number one come to dallas and go to dickie's <laughs> it's like fast food it's like, barbecue it's like oh rudy's here at okc dickie's is worse yeah. than rudy's Ugh. rudy's has good breakfast tacos located. hey shout out to dickie's and rudy's who will now never sponsor this podcast we appreciate that's, right. that's fair <laughs> i think that's gonna do it for the show gentlemen chat Thank you guys so much for always coming in, hanging out, trolling. Thank everybody for booing Nick as well. I appreciate that. He deserved it. Make sure before you log off, hit that like button on the live stream. Just that way more people see our podcast. We get more viewers. More people can be uh, revealed to the truth. We would appreciate that. If it is a podcast version of this, thank you so much. Make sure to drop that five-star rating. Write a little note in the comments section. would mean a lot to us. Follow us on social media. We will be back tomorrow night as the Thunder take on the Washington Wizards. Who's got the post game tomorrow? Good That's a great sign. Somebody will be on the post game tomorrow night. <laughs> Hopefully. Win or lose. Uh, me. Nick on the post game tomorrow. <laughs> win or lose. So you have that to look forward to. Hopefully they get back on track. We will see. Loaded week for the Thunder. We will be there with you every step of the way. The Monday podcast. 
We've got the weekly show on Wednesday. We'll have a post-game Thursday. No post-game Saturday as we will bring up the Orlando game on the Sunday stream. So make sure to tune in next Sunday at 9 p.m. as well. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. Happy 2024. We will talk to you in about 24 hours, speaking of 2024. Until then, as always, thunder up.